I speak to you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This season of light, of revelation, this season of epiphany is all about declaring the nature of Jesus, showing forth his divinity, that he is Messiah. Scripture during this time points only to this. Wise men arrive to pay homage. The heavens open at Jesus' baptism. Jesus calls disciples and teaches and performs acts in ways that make clear he is from God. And all of that culminates in the Sunday before Lent when we read about the transfiguration, Jesus on the mountaintop, God's voice again declaring that this is his son. So far, so good. If you know the stories, and most of us here do, then we sink into them, reassured in the identity of Jesus, or at the very least, recognizing this as the time between Christmas and Lent when we get some stories about Jesus' early ministry. But these stories point us not only to Jesus' identity, but also to our place in the story. We can read and listen all season long, but we are being urged to join the story, to speak of what we have seen and heard and know. We are being encouraged to make an accounting of the hope that is within us. In the scriptures we hear today, all is holy longing. We hear about a desire to know God and to share the goodness of God with others. Isaiah, in the midst of Babylonian exile, declares that God has formed him in the womb, prepared him, protected him, and even in the midst of the trauma of exile, has called this littlest one, the littlest nation, Israel, to bring God's light to the nations. And then the psalmist sings of the good God has done, drawing the author from the pit and from the mire and providing a place of security, a sure rock on which to put one's feet. And this faithful writer shares that experience of God's faithfulness and deliverance with the entire congregation. So in this season, I must ask, what experience of God's graciousness have you had? What experiences of trusting God? What holy longing is within you? For you see, epiphany is for us Two, and knowing God 
longing after the holy, sharing what we have seen and known, well, that's epiphany, and it's a matter of life and death. Now, that sounds awfully serious, but I'm going to tell you that I know this to be true. For half a lifetime ago, I longed after God. Not having been raised in any faith or church, I had little to go on. Few markers to point me in any one direction. I dabbled here and there seeking wisdom and by the grace of God ended up in a church. I listened to scripture. I went to services, was even preparing for baptism, but I still felt unsure about what I knew, what I believed. I thought God existed, but I was unclear about any details, even resistant to them. Frankly, given the way that too many Christians were behaving at that time and the way they wielded Jesus against others and given my own need to be intellectual and sophisticated, I couldn't imagine a way to believe in Jesus, you know, literally. I confess this to a good friend of mine, a faithful Catholic committed to justice, had spent years working on the border with migrants, funny and smart. I trusted John completely. And I confessed to him, I really like Jesus but I'm just not sure I can believe in the resurrection. Without hesitation, John replied, oh, I do, absolutely. The resurrection tells us that life wins. Now, some of you have heard this story before, but the truth is when he said that simple thing, a key turned in my brain. A door swung open in my soul and I stepped through from death into life. John's testimony, simple, assured, shared what he knew, made an accounting for his hope of how he lived his life. And I was desperate for that hope. I had such a hunger for the sacred and here was the bread I needed. John the Baptist testifies to Jesus by saying that he himself did not know him, but that Jesus is the one about whom he had been told, the cause of all the baptizing he's been doing. But now that he has seen him, has seen the Holy Spirit alight on Jesus in baptism, now John declares, here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I myself have seen and have testified this is the Son of God. From that testimony, a cascade of revelation follows. John learns of Jesus and then experiences him and then shares what he knows. His testimony leads others to turn to Jesus. His own disciples leave him to follow Jesus. And Jesus asks them simply, what are you looking for? which is really another way of asking, what do you long for? What do you hope for? 
They're hungry. They're longing. And Jesus asked them the real question, what are you looking for? Unable to answer their longing so deep, but perhaps without a clear goal, they stutter out a question, teacher, where are you staying? They want information. Who are you? What are you about? Give us an answer. And for their hunger, for their longing, Jesus invites them in. Come and see. Come and see. And they do. And what they learn, what they experience, leads Andrew to go get his brother Simon to declare, we have found the Messiah. This testimony of what he has seen and heard leads Simon to Jesus, who takes one look, declares him Peter, the rock on which Jesus will build his church, and Peter's life is forever changed, our lives forever changed, as people learn about Jesus and then experience him, and they share what they see and know, and hand over hand create a chain, a community that continues to this day. John the Baptist, Andrew, Peter, you, me. None of us have all the answers, but what we all have, I think, is a deep hunger, a sacred longing for God. As St. Augustine famously wrote about God from his own experience, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. We learn about God. We learn about the nature of Jesus by reading and hearing scripture, coming to church, but we are restless until we know God for ourselves, which means we must come and see. Be willing to go wherever God calls us, and once we do, we must share what we know, for it is a matter of life and death for so many without hope. It's a matter of life and death for so many without hope to know the cause of the hope that is within us. If there's a person who exemplifies how to take what we know from scripture and make that knowledge personal, it is the great Anglican priest and poet George Herbert one of the poets I will study while on sabbatical this year, and the author of the text of the hymn we will sing after communion today. In his poem, The Call, which you can read if you want to by turning to hymn 487 in your hymnal, in that poem, Herbert uses very simple words, words used in scripture to share what he knows of Jesus from Jesus declaring that he is the way, the truth, and the life, Herbert invites his Lord in the most personal terms, come my way, my truth, my life. And then goes on to show how Christ is a way that does not exhaust us but gives us more breath 
that Christ is a truth that ends all of our inner worrying, a life that defeats death. Herbert then moves from these scriptural, well-known terms to more intimate endearments for Christ in his third stanza, come my joy, my love, my heart, such a joy as none can move, such a love as none can part, such a heart as joys in love. Herbert longed after God, longed after God, wrestled with God his whole life as a priest and a poet, but shares what he knows in this poem, which is that God is his heart, in his heart, and that that heart takes pure joy in love wherever it is. This is a man from the 17th century who knew God intimately, wrote about his love, which was made into a hymn which we sing to this day, able to have an epiphany today, that our Lord is love and joy and heart. We don't have to know everything. We just have to long after God to be open when God asks, what are you looking for? We just have to be open to pointing like John the Baptist to the one who makes sense of our lives. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. My way, my truth, my life, my joy, my love my heart. Come and see. Then go and share. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.